President Obama is, well, pretty much saying to marijuana users, go forth and toke. There are 23 states and the District Columbia that pretty much have given the legal go-ahead to use marijuana for medicinal purposes. So that makes it easier for politicians to speak up in favor of this, right? That's a populist principle. We all learned it in Politics 101, right? That was demonstrated when President Obama reiterated his support for medical marijuana. Take a listen to Senators Cory Booker and Kirsten Gillibrand and our president talk about a new Senate bill that would virtually eliminate two of the strongest barriers to the federal dollars that contribute to research on medical marijuana. Our drug laws in this country as a whole uh, need a revolution of common sense and compassion. For starters, it would do something scientists have been begging for, reschedule cannabis from Schedule 1 to a much less restrictive Schedule 2 controlled substance. Once you make the class of drugs Schedule 2, you can then research it and find out what are the medical impacts and when can you use it, when does it make sense. So that is what's necessary here. It's so simple. The bill would also mandate more farms to grow research-grade marijuana and allow greater access to it for those in need, including veterans who would, for the first time, be able to get a prescription for medicinal marijuana from the VA hospitals. Let's stop the pot hypocrisy. We now have had three presidents that have admitted to smoking marijuana. People in public office all throughout the Senate have said, hey, I've smoked marijuana recreationally. How, how much of a hypocrite do you have to be to say that I broke American laws using pot as a recreational thing and that I'm not going to support this idea that as a medicine for severely sick people that they shouldn't be able to access this drug? It's an important question, a question that I took Thank you very much for to the president for of the United States. There's a bill on the floor of the Senate now proposing that marijuana get rescheduled from Schedule 1 to Schedule 2, yeah. saying it has no medicinal benefit to possible medicinal benefit. Yeah. Do you support that? You know, I, I think I'd have to take a look at the details, but I'm on record as saying that uh, not only do I think carefully prescribed medical use of marijuana may, in fact, be appropriate, and we should follow the science uh, as, as opposed to ideology on this issue. Now, in case you say that whole thing sounded familiar, well, that's the chief medical correspondent for CNN, Dr. Sanjay Gupta. He's done a documentary series on weed, and that was the third installment of that series, courtesy of CNN. Now, our president, the commander-in-chief, he admits he smoked pot recreationally in his youth. So have others. Bill Clinton may have said he didn't inhale. I don't know if he meant that literally or facetiously. But the president also expressed support for turning away from the punitive response to drug use. What has that resulted in, folks? When you look at our prison population, and we have a problem with overcrowding, and that overcrowding becomes a bigger problem, because you have in many states nonviolent and violent offenders together in some of those medium and even maximum security prisons, you have added incredibly to a problem already, and that is the problem of overcrowding. When over 50% of our federal prison population results in non-violent drug offenders being thrown in with violent offenders, violent offenders, rapists, murderers, there's something wrong with that. It hurts the prison population, 
It brings in more violence when you have more overcrowding. We've seen that. There, there are not only uh, studies and statistics on that, but there have been numerous documentaries. I watched a few on Netflix recently, Locked Up and you know Death Row and all these other kinds of programs. And in addition to that, it puts our correctional officers at greater risk. Why do we have somebody who bought a dime bag, sold a dime bag, or smoked some weed with a guy that murdered his whole family for some weed? You know what I'm saying? It's a big difference. When uh, the president was interviewed by uh, Sanjay Gupta, uh, Gupta, you heard him, right? You heard what he said. Quote, I'm on record as saying that not only do I think carefully prescribed medical abuse of marijuana may in fact be appropriate and we should allow, we should follow the science as opposed to ideology on this issue, but I'm also on record as saying that the more we treat some of these issues related to drug abuse from a public health model and not just from an incarceration model, the better off we're going to be. You know what bothers me? It bothers me that my husband is an orthopedic surgeon will say that somebody needs surgery and physical therapy for a certain amount of weeks, and you have some non-medical bureaucrat at the insurance company tell him and the patient, no. You have a business person making a medical decision. I think that's wrong. It's harder for the doctors. It's certainly harder for the patients. It's wrong. And they're doing it all because of the bottom line. Well, when our politicians, left or right, president or otherwise, are weighing in, using, as the president talks about, ideology, their partisanship, as opposed to truly the best interest of the people. If you are suffering, and marijuana can help you, we know it helps people with seizures, with MS, pain from cancer, or the extreme nausea people get from some of the therapies for cancer, such as radiation treatment, chemotherapy. Who are we to stand in their way? My husband has sometimes been told by a patient, you know, doctor, I took your medicine, you know, anti-inflammatories, but I drink a cup of apple cider vinegar a day and it's better. My husband checks her out and she doesn't have inflammation. He's like, keep it up. Is it anywhere in the medical books? No. Is she hurting herself? No. Is it hurting? Is, is she getting better? Yes. And without the medication. Who is he to stand in the way? Medicine is not an exact science, but certainly politics is not an exact science. And politics isn't medicine. And politicians, yes, some, but most are not physicians. And when others who are politicians are physicians like a Rand Paul, they give up their medical hat and they put on their political hat. Now, on CNN and otherwise, Dr. Gupta himself publicly advocated against legalizing. But he reversed course in 2013. He actually apologized in an editorial for underestimating marijuana's medical potential. Now, you must give him credit, not because he agrees with where I stand and many others of us, especially on the left, do now, but because as a medical professional, he felt a certain way and he changed his mind. A great doctor will have the ability to do that through educating himself more. And I think many in our society have seen that through educating ourselves more, this is an herb that can be used for medicinal purposes as other herbs are used for medicinal purposes. The difference is this herb can get you high in the growing and processing of it in a certain way and 
it's also currently, obviously, illegal. Um, this experience was a personal experience for uh, Dr. Gupta. He's now calling the medical marijuana the medical marijuana revolution. The president's comments also reflect that change. And in 2013, a spokesperson for President Obama told reporters that Gupta's change of mind on medical marijuana had not swayed the White House toward decreasing its federal crackdown on medical marijuana. So the president has shifted as well. Does this mean the president, Gupta, doctors, politicians are flip-flopping? No. Look, there was a time most of us may not have believed in climate change, but now we have scientific evidence to back up that title. The reality of that title. Marijuana for medicinal purposes. A lot of people thought it was just a nice piece of paper so a bunch of people in San Francisco could get high a lot. No. Cannabis clinics aren't just for people who want to get high. There are many people using marijuana to reduce their pain or the effects of things that their body is resulting uh, is having as a result sometimes of far more severe issues such as MS cancer or other things that can cause seizures and nausea and other things that medical marijuana is used for. We've known marijuana is helpful in the use of uh, glaucoma and the treatment of glaucoma for years, by the way, uh, and the DEA and others just turned their head. But uh, the bottom line here is we have evidence of a shift. Dr. Gupta, uh, the president, and now 23 states say okay for medical marijuana, um, nearly half of this nation. And if you look at the polls, we as the people, we the voters, you and I, Americans overwhelmingly support legalizing pot, legalizing marijuana for medicinal purposes. I'm not talking about recreational here, folks. I'm talking about medicinal. And that's a big majority. It's not 51. It's 77 percent. That's according to the Pew Research Center's most recent polling. All of that comes back from 2013. And that was the first time ever that more than half of Americans supported legalization for recreational use. I would imagine if you had a study in a a poll today in 2015, it would be that or higher. Morgan Fox is from a nonpartisan policy group called Marijuana Policy Project. And uh, this is what Morgan said, quote, The president's statements are definitely a good indicator that the administration is going to continue its policy of not overtly interfering with medical marijuana programs in terms of criminal enforcement. Because remember, folks, it is legal, illegal to buy pot to smell to, to sell pot to smoke pot and even though 23 states allow it for medicinal purposes federal trumps state law and technically the DEA could come in and arrest people take the marijuana close down clinics pull doctors licenses but they're not doing that also he said Morgan Fox hopefully it will at least show people that there's nothing to be afraid of and that this isn't a fringe issue So we know that support of the medical community has increased for uh, marijuana for medicinal purposes. We know that in the political community, not just on on Democrats. And we know among people and certainly among states, as legislation has proved. Um, But by the way, what also has increased regarding marijuana is the range of illnesses and ailments that doctors and researchers are now saying can be treated with marijuana. Veterans use marijuana to deal with post-traumatic stress disorder. Cancer patients to deal with nausea and pain. Children who endure terrible seizures to reduce or eliminate those seizures. The list for practical medical use of marijuana for medical reasons just keeps growing. More and more 
whether it's that Kevin Bacon six degrees of separation, somebody out there like you or me has been impacted in some way. Our friend, our relative, our boss, somebody we worked with, our neighbor, somebody we know. But more and more, we know somebody who's been inflicted by one of these illnesses on this list. And these illnesses now become a part of a growing list of treatments that medical marijuana can help to reduce pain or even wipe out and cure an affliction. I mean, if you're not curing a seizure, it may not be curing the whole cause of the seizure, but you may be curing the seizure if you're eliminating that seizure and that pain for that child or that adult. So I think this, and this is what others say, researchers say, is why we're seeing such growth in recent years by the public and by public support. Now, one of the reasons you heard um, our senators, Kirsten Gillibrand and Cory Booker, um, you know, talk about this bill is they introduced this bill in the Senate and uh, Rand Paul, by the way, uh, that would eliminate two of the strongest barriers to federal dollars. That's the audio you heard at the beginning of the hour. Um, and, and these two barriers are the biggest that contribute to research on medical marijuana. What it would do is open the door for doctors who want to know, hey, what else can be treated with marijuana? What else can be treated with this drug? This legislation is sweeping. It would also reschedule marijuana from the Drug Enforcement Agency's strictest classification. And that currently is in the same classification as heroin. And it would protect medical marijuana patients. It would also protect doctors from federal prosecution. It could also free up banks to work with the growing number of recreational marijuana businesses in states like Colorado and Washington. We're a big country, but we've got to work together because 23, not all, of our states use this legally for medicinal purposes. So some questions I have for you, regardless of where you stand on this issue. What do you think it's going to take for medical marijuana to be legalized on a federal level? We know the president shows the support, his support for it. Sanjay Gupta shows his support, both of which have completely turned around in two years or less. Is it hypocritical when politicians openly admit that they themselves have po- smoked pot recreationally, but then they turn around and they won't support legislation that decriminalizes marijuana? Rather, they support legislation that criminalizes it. They smoke pot recreationally, but they won't let somebody else use it medicinally? Impatience on this Monday. Paul, he left. Come back, Paul. Then to Tim, he left. Come back, Tim. Then to Randy, come back, Tim. So, Chris, you win in New Mexico on line one by default. You would have been fourth, your first. Their loss, your game. We're good to have you. Good, good to have you with us. Good afternoon, Chris. How are you? Hi. Yeah, I think there's two major issues going on here. One is the tremendous, huge profits that are made by keeping our prisons full. The other one is the political side where felons can't vote and ex-felons can't vote. How about letting people who pay their debt to society vote? I don't have a problem, I guess, with people who've paid their debt to society uh, voting. My my problem is when you look at the – and I don't think that's the problem, though. You know what I mean? I really don't think well, that's the think problem. Of, think about but who is – how, 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 how does that – wait, wait, wait. How does that tie into this issue? Because this is an issue we're talking about. Well, the more people that we arrest for these drug crimes, yeah. um, you know that if you get busted in 
California say, and it's a cocaine bust, it's a misdemeanor. If it's a crack bust, it's a felony. Who are they busting? They're busting blacks and, and Latinos. And those people are going to vote Democratic. So it's, it's well, a, a, we more, do, a, it's a not all deeper. the people being busted in this state I live in uh, are black and Latino. I hear you. I know, um, I know. But what I'm what I'm saying is that the I mean, look at a prison. Look at anybody's prison, and the vast majority of people in there are black and Latino. Um, I, don't, so, I don't agree with you on that. I'm going to give you some stats that I, I think uh, would not uh, agree with what you said. You don't, you don't think that when you look at the average prison population, that the people, a lot of the people that they're locking up on drug charges especially are uh, minorities? Like I said, we have to get the exact stats on this. I, I think much like other systems like welfare that we have an idea. If we're, if we're talking about um, is, is there a um, – uh, if you're looking at based on proportionate to their population of that particular group, African-Americans, as an example, or Hispanics, I would imagine you are correct. But I do think that our prisons are definitely filled with tons of white people as well. Right. But the like I say, the I, I have always thought that it was just extremely unfair that people who uh, make a mistake, especially, you know, a nonviolent offense, uh, they're labeled a felon for some degree of their crime. And then from that point in their life, for the rest of their life, they can't vote. Uh, well, I, I hear you, but I, mean, I, I, do, I don't think that has anything thing. to do with the legalization of marijuana because, I mean, 23 states have it legalized for medicinal purposes, and it's not a ballot measure on a federal level um, or, you know, being proposed on a federal level legislatively. So I hear you, but I, I don't agree that it has anything to do with legalizing marijuana because the legislation has not been put forth by people on the left or the right. Uh, thank you for the call. Uh, Chris, uh, let's go next to Brad in Minnesota on Line 5. Brad, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Good afternoon, Leslie. Hey. Well, um, I just have to say a couple of things about medical marijuana, and I'm probably going to get a lot of uh, flack from people when I say that there's really no such thing as medical marijuana. It's all marijuana, and it can be used for medical purposes, or it can be used for recreational purposes. Well, it isn't mar- medical marijuana. I think the phrase is marijuana used for medicinal purposes, and therefore they call it That would be marijuana. a much better phrase. I don't think I've, I've heard it really put that way very often. Um, well, people, I think, you know, call it medical marijuana, but they know it's marijuana used for medicinal purposes. Well, I think that there's a lot of people out there who think there's a distinction between there's a certain... I mean, for instance, here in Minnesota now, they just allowed one company to come in and, and uh, grow the marijuana for uh, the dispensaries. Everybody, it's, it's monopoly here in Minnesota. Um, I think out in Colorado it's, it's, it's less so, but even still... They're saying, well, now you're going to have to have PhDs to grow this stuff. When I mean, you know, you can grow it, I can grow it, anybody can grow it. Um, so I don't see why we're putting all of these uh, rules and regulations on it, trying to pretend like maybe it's alcohol. I don't know. Well, I don't know what they will do going forward, but I find it to be less damaging. Uh, uh, far to, less damaging. To, to a human being than alcohol. Yet we have no problem with alcohol being... Uh, legal and alcohol is definitely not being used for medicinal purposes, except for some of us who might say, you know, doing it as a hair of the dog or old-fashioned, a little bit of whiskey on your gum when you have a bad tooth. Yeah, well, I'm I 
I'm an alcoholic. I haven't had a drink in over 20 years, but I smoke a lot of marijuana. So I do kind of know the differences here, too. I definitely would say that you're safer, better off smoking marijuana and avoiding alcohol basically all together if you can. But I made the mistake in high school, started drinking, and got out of control, and it was 20 years before I could stop. Do you think, because uh, marijuana can be a psychotropic drug when used uh, excessively, is is that a concern of yours, you know, with uh, your background uh, for others? Or do you, because to me, if somebody is using marijuana for medicinal purposes, there is somebody that is prescribing that in a certain quantity, certain amounts. Well, yeah, I, I can understand, especially if you're talking for children, um, you, you can eat it, you don't have to smoke it. But in terms of, of say, long-term psychological damage, uh, no, I'm not really that concerned about it. I will say, however, if you're predisposed to, I don't know, uh, you know, bipolar and so forth. Uh, I think that uh, some of the people I've seen smoking marijuana who are also bipolar doesn't really seem to help them that much. Um, so I'm thinking that if if you have problems <clears throat> before you've started smoking pot, you're still going to have these same problems when you're smoking pot. Well, again, you know, one of the things that you're talking about, here's an example, all right? Um, I mentioned before, and people get sick of hearing it, that my husband's a physician, orthopedic surgeon, but he has different medications that, you know, drug reps give him. So we got a, mm-hmm. we got a lot of meds at my house, okay? <laughs> and there there was a drug one time, I won't mention the name of it, um, somewhat of an anti-inflammatory that he gave his patients. It was very successful. And I had hurt myself, and he was taking care of me, and he gave me this drug, and I just, like, puked my brains up. And he was very surprised because he had not heard from any patient that complaint as a matter of fact you know they loved it and he was thinking of switching from something that was far more popular uh to this uh medication but not every one of us is going to react the same exactly. now whether that's with a legally prescribed medication or which in 23 states marijuana can be used as a legally prescribed medication and and as a legally prescribed medication, marijuana would be the same as anything else. I mean, why is it that for some, some people take Advil for a headache, some people take Tylenol, some people take Motrin, and for some, it's Excedrin. You, you know what I mean? The list goes on. Right. We, no, we are all individuals, react. and how our bodies react, we really don't know until we try it, really. Well, exactly. And so people are going to try it if, they're, if they want to try it, and it's available everywhere. In fact, in the last 20 years, I mean... I can't count the number of times I've actually been pulled over by the police, had a small amount with me, and they're like, you know, you shouldn't have this. They either dump it out or just let me keep it and send me on my way. Uh, it's, of course, I'm an old white guy, too, but I do know some people who've been hassled by the police for a small amount of marijuana in their car. And uh, so, no, people do react differently uh, to these things. And I think that if you're uh, predisposed, say, to violence, well, um, I don't see smoking a joint's going to stop you from being violent. Well, I, uh, well yes, I, I agree with you there. But I, I also don't see, and I don't think there's evidence that proves that marijuana uh, can make you uh, violent. And I definitely I've have seen nonviolent seen any, people. I've never evidence of that. Right, right, exactly. Right. But I do see it with alcohol. I've seen it firsthand with alcohol, um, that there are nonviolent people become very violent um, when they're, you know, 
yeah, you know, blast it out of their mind. Punk, but uh, get me with my brother and I, and yeah, things could have gotten very, yeah. very dangerous. It, it, it can be very. That's what I'm saying, and we agree on that. That alcohol is far more dangerous. Exactly. Brad, Minnesota, in Minnesota, call me again, uh, my friend. Thank you for joining us today. Um, thank you, Brad. Uh, let's go to Warren in Seattle, line three. Is this our Warren? I haven't talked to in ages. Warren, welcome, welcome back. If it is you, good afternoon. Yes, well, this is your old friend in Seattle, Warren. How are you today? Happy 420. Oh, thank you. How you doing? I'm great. And uh, little Robert's doing great, too. So. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> hey, you know, we're up here in the state, and uh, you're talking about medical marijuana and whatnot. Uh, basically, somebody said there, there's one type of marijuana. Well, there kind of isn't. There's a CBD marijuana, which helps you out with pain, and there's the THC which is helping you out with, you know, or just basically gives you a psycho uh, trip. But it's also, I found out, that the THC I am actually giving to my mother who has dementia and Alzheimer, and it helps her gray area matter in her brain. Now, so folks understand, I, I do, but not everyone does. Can you explain to people, I know Warren, you're not a medical professional, but your mom is going through this. What is gray area matter? Uh, it's supposedly the matter that, well, it's the matter in your brain that helps you think and your cognitive thinking and your reasoning and, and whatnot. Uh, and this mother, is greatly uh, affected with people who have dementia and are and, Alzheimer's. And Alzheimer's, correct. And, uh, according, you know, according Tell, to and so people understand, in layperson terms, in layperson terms, what is the difference for you? In, is it your mommy said or mother-in-law? Mom? My mom. Okay. My mother. Yeah. For you, tell us mom without the medical marijuana being used medicinally or uh, with. Show us the difference in somebody who uh, is helped by this in the gray matter area of their brain who is suffering from dementia and or Alzheimer's. Just from you as a son, what's the difference you see in your mom? Well, usually I, you know, she's just like laying around. She'll be watching TV. That's usually her main activity during the day because of her dementia and whatnot. But once she, uh, I give her just, it's a, it's a piece of candy is what it is, a little lemon candy. It's 5% THC. And she's up and around. She's walking around her neighborhood. She's waving at everybody and smiling at them. You know, she just gets more uh, energy, I guess. So, yeah, it affects her energy. It affects her mood. And her mood. She just seems happy, of course. How, how about, how about you know, cognitively? How about cognitively? Uh, does she forget things as easily or... Uh, identify people, you know, I mean, people, I, I, my grandfather had dementia late in his life, and he would repeat himself and forgotten he had just said something, things like that. No, it's uh, it's more of, you know, she just wants to do nothing without it. And sure enough, she has it. She you know, gets up and gets dressed, puts her shoes on. She, I mean, she goes over to one of her friend's house at the neighbor's and wants to sit around and sip tea and just, you know, uh, talk with them a little bit and see what's going on in the neighborhood. It's just more more brain activity. She seems to be want to do more when she you know takes this little piece of candy and sucks on it. So this is obviously something that you feel should be legalized on a national level, at least for medicinal purposes. Yes, definitely. And how, how do you feel about it for recreational purposes? Because you live in a state where you can use it uh, for both, correct? Correct. Uh, we're we're. Uh, I mean, I see a lot of people walking down the street using it. I, I, I'm gonna yeah, my husband was in Seattle recently for a conference, and he said he almost got high just walking down the street. There were so many people smoking pot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they use it on the sidewalks. I mean, it doesn't go into businesses, so you don't smell it inside a business. You don't, you know, you don't smell it in people's houses or whatever. People usually are sitting on their back porch when they're doing it. Um, 
but it's you know it's just real quick, and you you notice the smell because it only smells. There's only that one thing that smells like that, and I, I don't know. It doesn't. It's not that bad up here. So I don't. I don't think. I mean, the one thing that everybody's worried about is you know teenagers getting it from the older siblings or somebody using it, and then of course operating the vehicle. So. Yeah. All right. Warren, thank you uh, for calling again. We miss you. Call us more. And I'm so sorry your mom's going through this, but I'm glad there's something that makes her feel more like herself. Yes. Yes. It's been great. And you know what? We all have a mom. And I know I'd walk through a burning building for mine, as I'm sure you would yours. So if something can make them feel better and right, be more aware, um, we want to help them. Hi. We all want to help ourselves at some point if we get to that point, God forbid, right? We'll be back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Hang tight. Quick break. When we come back, more of your calls if you're holding. Hang on. And we're back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Let's get back to the calls. Amazing. Let me share with you some of stuff uh, on uh, Twitter. Uh, Malcolm says, I had a girlfriend with back disc pain, but MJ uh, marijuana uh, just made it worse for her. But for many others, it works. Exactly. Tylenol may work for your headache and not mine. Uh, uh, and uh, but sick and tired says there are so many medications for, for nausea now Zofran and Apsonine, Marinol. You know, there's a difference between uh, Zofran, which you pop for you know uh, nausea because you know you went on the teacups at Disneyland versus nausea from chemotherapy. Big difference. Um, Alan uh, does not think that politicians are necessarily being hypocritical. He thinks they are recognizing the dangers that pot represents. And we have many more. You can follow me on Twitter at Leslie Marshall. Not Me says it's been legal in a few countries for a while in Portugal. Use went down after legalization because um, if, if if you have it criminalized, pushers have profit as their motive. Have a great afternoon. We'll be back tomorrow.